We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. Per 501c3 rules, it is important to note that Oklahoma Family Network cannot and does not endorse any one candidate for any reason. The purpose of this conversation is to bring awareness, education, and support to families who have children with special health care needs. Ellen's personal journey takes her to candidacy-level advocacy, and you will hear about some of that journey and experience today. Thank you for joining us today on the Oklahoma Family Network podcast to learn more from families who have children with special health care needs and or disabilities, and to hear ideas on how you can get more involved with advocacy efforts in your area. I am really excited to have our listeners return today and hear more from Ellen. Today's conversation really focuses on the advocacy work Ellen immersed herself into and helped lay the foundation for her next step as a representative in the legislative process. Let's talk about some of your advocacy moves that you've had up to this point. I mean, there there are so many that I can think of personally as far as what you've done to lay the, the foundation for families in the future. And I'm wondering if you'll just kind of highlight a couple of those advocacy things that you're very, very proud of. Um, let's see. I know that the path that I've taken is not just, is not just, I want to be a legislator. It's a, it's a huge responsibility. Um, I respect the seat, definitely. Being an advocate, being open to the idea of learning something new and getting help. I was remembering that Sooner Start Day at the Capitol, ICC used to do that every year. And then after a few years, they said that they weren't going to do it anymore. And I said, well, why not? You know, why not? and so I asked my my brother, who has a Chick-fil-A, and I said, let's get legislators to come to us. We brought uh, those little minis up there to the Capitol. And of course, we met a lot of legislators, but maybe that sort of was my gift as well, was sort of um, not being afraid to talk to people. Maybe there's that stranger meeting strangers and introducing them to different ideas with my friends, Aaron Taylor. Um, Aaron Taylor is a big, big proponent of me taking partners in policymaking, which was a lot, um, especially with everything going on in my life. But through that, then watching meetings and being a part of how the blue ribbon um, and that worked and knowing Wanda Felty and going to the waiting list meetings, which was a, a big deal. Even though I signed up for the waiting list, I didn't really know what I was waiting for. And Wanda opened that up to me. So you know, then as an advocate, you help her. Being involved with uh, with partners in policymaking and the uh, Disability Council, knowing Ann Trudgen and her having that 25th anniversary of ADA. And so we were at this work group sort of meeting and she was saying, talking about, well, what are we going to do in Oklahoma to make it big? And the next thing I know, I'm in charge of this walk at the Capitol and I told Anne, I go, why, why are we doing this? It's like the hottest day, July 28th or something like that. And she said, it was your idea. And I go, no, it wasn't. I didn't even think it was my idea. It might've been, but we ended up doing that. And it, 
I got to know how to do an event like that. I didn't know I had to talk to Capitol Police and have them involved. And uh, it was, that was great. I just enjoyed that. And then, of course, you know, the next things come up, meeting people along the way. And, and then, of course, William is as social as I am. And so, uh, you know, William decides that the people that he knows, you know, he gives to them and they give back. And so now he's got his community without me. He doesn't have to hold my hand. He knows all of my friends. And then he counts on them. Not in fact to be their friend, but to be allies with them. Um, I've seen how he's developed and grown those relationships, um, which I think is just so great with advocates. Um, he doesn't want to be tended. He just told me that recently. And I think that's great that instead of these adults taking care of him, he's telling me that, that he wants to work with them. Um, I think that's fantastic. And so Maybe if I've raised advocates, that's a good idea too with my advocacy. You know, working at the NICU, um, gosh, I love that job with the nurses. You know, parents are not a nuisance to your job. And it wasn't that they said that. It was almost like, let us do our job. We want to help you with us doing our job. And then flipping that to say, we can do our job better if we include you. Um, we're not, and of course, there's the extremes of parents too, but um, so that was sort of a great advocacy thing to see that, and um, we used to take D.C. trips um, to go up and talk about, uh, to our Oklahoma congressmen at the time, and uh, talk about the things that we needed here in Oklahoma. That was always great, but through all of these, though, I think that it's just like knitted us together as advocates and some of these friends, you know, with these ex shared experiences, we've, we, we know each other's families and we count on each other. Um, you know, I know, you know, uh, that, you know, it's almost six years that Jimmy's been gone. My husband, you know, that night I called, I called Aaron Taylor and, um, I called Angela Donnelly. I needed Angela to help me with Harry. She had to go pick up Harry from ballet. And um, I needed Erin. I just wanted to tell her. I told one person. And after like an hour or so, I see these women, these people that would not leave my side. And when tragedy happens in your, in your home, <laughs> in your life, um, thank goodness I made those uh, those bonds. Thank goodness. Uh, I count on all of them. We, we think as parents who have a child with a disability that we'll do it ourselves and we put our best face forward. And, um, at that time I really needed help. And I was happy that I had all those women still need help. Um, my brother used to tell me that strength is not my weakness and it probably isn't, but my weakness is that I don't ask for help. And um, I have been asking for help. I need so much help. Uh, and I think with the with the people that I've grown up with um, as being advocates and support and friends, that's that's how we work. And that's why community is so dear to me too, is because we we're, we all come from you know different cultures, different backgrounds. Religion maybe is different. Um, but we all have this shared sort of experience that we that we care for each other and and work together very well. 
um, that it's nice that we're friends and um, I don't know where I'd be without him. I don't. A couple of other areas that I would really like you to speak on, um, maybe the school and how you were advocating in the school system and your role in getting William into private school, right? I mean, oh my gosh, Mount St. Mary's. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, I am Catholic. I I went to Catholic school my whole life. I graduated from Mount St. Mary's High School. All my siblings did, and I'm one of five. My mother was very my mother was a Catholic school principal, but that's, you know, that's all I knew was Catholic school. So when I had my first child and then second, you know, put him right in Catholic school. So when William's time, after that DD class, um, that preschool that he went to, I went to the principal and I said, ready to enroll my son, William. And she said, oh no, you know, no, no. She said, we are not what William needs. Now I didn't really understand all of it. But I did think, I mean, I've never gone to, we've never gone to public school. Not that there's anything wrong with it. We just, me, I've been in Catholic school my whole life. And uh, that's all I knew. That's all his sister and brother knew. And I kind of wanted to keep family together, which is a mission, uh, part of a mission statement for Catholic schools, keeping families together. So um, going to public school, going to special ed, um, William did qualify, and so we did that. And um, I, I kind of thought if this would be good, there was some extra, there's speech uh, there um, that would help, and he, you know, fine motor help. You know, he had some physical therapy, so all that extra stuff was great. We met, I met teachers that were very helpful with uh, William and um, him going to school. I learned about public school and how um, IEPs were so important and what my rights were as a parent and how the law is definitely on parents' side. Um, so I learned all that, but as he got started developing and I could see his sort of personality like me, that there was something different about the way the public school had special ed that wasn't really working with William and his personality. They, it was, I would call it an excluded classroom. He was not included with uh, the, the larger school and he would see these same kids. Um, maybe if he started doing some more inclusion with other kids, different backgrounds, different, not just in a class that had that was all ages, you know, his room had all ages in there and um, maybe a little more attention on um, socialization because he was very, he is uh, very personable and he's very social. So I encouraged that with his school and they did a little bit. And then middle school happened and he, we, um, we changed homes and we moved to Putnam City. And they were great. Middle school over there was great, but I still had this idea of, you know, our our calendar year was different from from my other two kids. And you know, being Catholic, um, they would go to mass and on holy days. And now I would have to take William on a different. It, everything was just not moving. It was like two different two different worlds. And um, so I went back to the the grade school and I said, now he's going to be in middle school. Can we? can we see if he could go to school there? And principal was like, well, we'll do tests and everything. And then it came back that, no, we are not able to take your son. 
I was so mad, Tamara. You know, I thought, you know, I did the, I did what you said and we, you know, I was just so, oh, I was just so angry. All I could see was how they were not working with me. And it took like just a moment and I was just mad. And uh, instead of throwing big rocks and being mad, I started thinking about another way I could do it. So what I did was I saw that um, families were using me as a sounding, you know, they, they would have questions about why is my child struggling with getting sacraments or my child is not accepted into, you know, if they have a disability or we can't get any wheelchair access. So they would use me and then I would go to the archdiocese and I thought, oh, back up that. Why don't I make a work group? So I made a group and I was very um, strategic in who I wanted to be in this work group. And I asked both principals of the Catholic high schools and I asked principals and teachers of Catholic schools and religious ed and some, uh, there was a, a sister that I had put on there and a priest. And we had this work group. And one of the strategic people that I put on there was the principal of Mount St. Mary's High School. And so just talking about it, and talking about even putting in those personal stories about my son, not asking, you know, um, why won't you put, you know, being upset? Why won't you put, you know, take my, accept my child? Just showing about stories and working together so we can include in spaces that were not necessarily the school. So one day, and I have known the principal um, of Mount St. Mary's High School. She was my freshman English teacher there, and also my cheerleading sponsor, um, Mrs. Denegri, Toledo Denegri. And I asked her after one of the, you know, I was up at the school, and my kids did not go to St. Mary's, the other two. I asked Toledo, I said, why won't you accept William in your school? And she said, I don't, I don't know that we won't accept him. And I said, I said, it may, and she just sort of looked quizzical at me, you know, she, it was all kind of light conversation. And then I could see that she was thinking about her answer. And I said, it may not be in William's timeline, but I do think that it's important that whatever you're, you know, whatever the, the kids that you're teaching up here become to be a judge, a, an airplane pilot or in the military, that there should be an understanding about disability, intellectual disability. And so she said, let me think about this. So she went away and that was it. And then a couple months later, we started talking and she said, I wanna see what this is all about. And I tell her every time I see her, you changed lives. And so they developed the plan, um, a, a really great part of Mount St. Mary's is called Cornerstone. William is a senior this year. So he's been in the program four years. You know, in the beginning of the year, I tell teachers, I go, you're not gonna like me in the beginning. I'm the kind of parent that I want William to know what he can and cannot do and what he needs help on and to ask for it. So do not send me emails and tell me what his homework is. My mother never checked my homework and I'm not gonna check his. That's his responsibility that you need to figure out how to communicate with them. And of course, I've had some teachers that were not very happy with me at the end of the year or 
what I hear from other students and teachers is that not that William, of course, his life has changed, but I hear all the time that he's changing lives by his presence being there. One of his closest friends, Becca Cleary, um, that he met up at St. Mary's, who's just graduated, what she thought she wanted to do with her life, she has changed. She wants to be a special ed teacher. And it's because of the friendship with William. It, it, and it's in an included classroom, not an excluded classroom. It tells me a lot about, you know, you can't just bang on the door or leave, you know, blame the Catholic church. I'm, they can't believe they're not accepting or the principal or whatever. You have to keep having conversations. Patience is involved. Um, the disability movement, people with a disability know this, you know, um, that it takes a long time and it's, it's it has to be consistent. It has to be persistent, but it does not have to be angry. And um, because Talita listened and because she was very thoughtful about it, um, Cornerstone program is not perfect. There's not a lot of kids that go there they can have, but it is a start. And I know that... Um, William's changed so much. His whole life has opened up with the friendships that he has because of that program. So that is a pretty good advocacy story. I think it's more about Talita though, that she, gosh, she listened. Gosh, I love leadership like that. I don't know about this or um, that I need your help with this or not even that, just to say, what can it look like? What are you trying to do? Wanting to take a different look at it. Um, oh my gosh, I just love that leadership. It it changed William's life. Yeah. Ultimately, it was you surrounding and involving people who were willing um, to learn more and to be a part of change. And so you were able to identify those people and really influence that. So, oh my gosh. Oh, I'll yeah. take a small role in that. That's why this is so, um, running for office is so not like me, Tamara, because I love being behind the scenes. I love putting things together and organizing it and then seeing it happen, you know? And, but then all of a sudden I feel this pressure, like, oh my God, if I don't win, um, they're counting on me. But I just feel this pressure. It's what I, un I put on myself. It's what you put on yourself. It's what advocates put on ourselves when we know that there's um, there, you know, ways to help people and are, are unable to do it. Um, and so I, I think that every door that I knock is important and closer to that that goal. Um, I think that meeting people and listening every day, um, even if I'm tired, um, that uh, it's it's important because I want to make that a reality. That um, I'm going to make mistakes. Don't get me wrong; I've made them before, but I want everyone to know that um, I look around and I see advocates looking at me. It's just about doing and that activity of doing the job. And the job is is listening and representation, making policy that works for people. Uh, and included are the, the, the advocates that I love uh, and that I've been working with. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family 
or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405-271-5072.